Hello, our little camping friends. Welcome to Bourbon and Blood. Tonight we watched the masterpiece, Just Before Dawn, from 1981, and it was a joy. Here we go. Hi, welcome back. Hi, guys. Uh, I'm Daniel. I'm Anne. And we're here to talk about Just Before Dawn. Also tonight, because this is Bourbon and Blood, we're drinking Kentucky Sunrise. It's a mixed drink of Jim Beam bourbon mixed with orange juice and a splash of grenadine to make it look like a beautiful little sunrise at dawn. It's lovely. <laughs> I picked it because of the dawn. Do you get it? Do you get it, guys? Because it's... Just before dawn. <laughs> so, so let's jump into this movie. Alright, so quick synopsis. It's just your old, good old classic uh, kids going camping in the woods and getting terrorized by a killer with a machete. Yep. That, old, that old song and dance. <laughs> <laughs> the classic trope. Hmm. So we start off with two hunter dudes drinking in a church. In an abandoned church. They're yeah. praying mm -hmm. about drinking and hunting. Yeah, we find out their uncle and nephew later on in the film. Um, I would say this church is pretty holy because there's a big hole. In the oh, that's funny. <laughs> that's a terrible joke. <laughs> 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 so they're just like digging around, drinking in the church, and the one guy looks up, and there's a big hole in the ceiling, and there's just a dude like peering in the ceiling, and he's like, "Whoa, that's that's weird." And, you know, some shit happens. The truck, like, their truck apparently rolls down a hill and hits a tree. Well, yeah, they set that it's up. It's, like, rolling, and it, like, blows up the engine. I don't think that's how it happens. I don't know. I've never ran a truck into a tree before. But it wasn't even going very fast. I know, but it's an old truck, though. It was an old truck. So Fair enough. Fair enough. Maybe it had some maintenance issues. So, basically, the nephew gets stabbed. I mean, I say nephew, but he's, like, 50 years old. He's, um, like, seesawed. Like yeah. The, one of the killer or the killers stick a knife into him and, like, go back and forth. And it's, like, right under his belt loop. So, yeah. I think that was, like, a dick cut. It's rough. It's rough. Yeah. So, there's that scene. And then it's our little gang of hoodlums. They're not hoodlums, you guys. They're actually, like, really well-behaved teenagers for the 1980s. Are they teenagers? Or, like, early 20s. Yeah. I mean, they're well-behaved. Let's I'm... talk about the five real quick. Warren, I want to bring this up. Warren is Greg Henry, who's done 168 movies, and I feel like I know him from so many, but looking through, like, his IMDb page, like, the only thing that stuck out to me was Slither, but he always plays like that, like, Either religious or political white douchebag in like a town. Uh, he, an I mean, guy. he has that look for sure. In this movie, I thought he looked like a mix of He Man and <laughs> uh, I can't remember the guy's name, the really dumb guy from Coach. 
Craig T. Nelson? Yeah. Is, no, not the main character. Oh, Jerry Van Dyke. Is that his name? Yeah, Dick Van Dyke. The blonde dude? Dick Van Dyke's brother. That's his brother? Yeah. Holy shit. Oh I my god. Yeah. Dick Van Dyke's brother is the blonde doopy dude and... I mean, and, yeah. Are you sure? Yes. Oh my and god. Coach? Are you looking this up now? Uh, yes, now so, I have to... the beginning of this movie, Greg's haircut, like I said, looked like He-Man. I kept expecting that, like, meme where he's, like, singing in the shower. Jerry Van Dyke is brother of comedian Dick Van Dyke. Go to a picture of him. I don't know if I believe it's the same oh guy. Go to dear Coach. Dear God. Dear it's God. It's the same guy. That's not who I'm thinking of. Yes, it is. No, it's not, I promise. Hold on. I'm a, I tried writing Jerry Van Dyke, but I wrote Jerry Can Do. <laughs> Jerry Can Do. Jerry Can Do. No, the guy from Coach is uh, Bill Fagel Fager. Oh. Fagelback backer. He did, he does the voice of uh, uh, the starfish from SpongeBob SquarePants. Patrick. Yeah. I thought. This oh, dude. You look like you a were, young version of that mixed with He-Man. I thought you were talking about Jerry Van Dyke. <laughs> I wish you were no, talking about I'm, Jerry Van Dyke. I don't think Greg Henry looks like Jerry Van Dyke. I wish everybody looked like Jerry Van Dyke. Like, can I just talk a minute first? About Jerry Van Dyke? No, about Dick Van Dyke. He is such a national treasure. Like, do you know that he is in an acapella group called the... Fuck, I forgot the name. The... Dick Van Dyke and the Fantastics. Really? Yes. The Fantastics. And they went to like, like a year or two ago, they went to like a Waffle House or an IHOP. Like what? Dick Van Dyke and his acapella group and they like sang the Chitty Chitty Bang Bang song. <laughs> like while they were eating their fucking pancakes. So precious. Everybody's head Today. We'll glide on in our motor trip with pride in our ownership, the envy of all we survey. Alright, so anyways, oh, there is also a really like sweet um RV in this movie that yeah. does not get enough screen time. Can I be honest? So when I was trying to pick a movie for tonight, I was trying to pick one we haven't seen that was old in the 80s mm. or somewhere around there. And I started the trailer for this, and as soon as I saw the RV, I was like, alright, done. And I just shut off the trailer. It's one the of guy the, had no idea what this movie was you guys, about. It's one of those like big ass late 70s RVs. And it is beautiful. It's gorgeous. So our little gang of characters is riding we up have... to this little mountain in their RV, and apparently this town There's is a town? full of twins. You didn't get Oh. To me. That's my turn back now. Like, if there are enough sets of twins where when I'm driving, I'm like, damn, this town has a lot of twins, <laughs> I'm turning my ass around, because you know what's freaky? What's, what's the limit? Fucking twins! What's the limit of twins? When do we turn around? Like, after you see how many couples of twins? Two. That's it? 
Yeah, in a small-ass little town like that, oh, you know what is happening. You know that there is some bad stuff going on. You just turn that right around. Mm-mm. No twins. Okay. No twins. So we also have Connie, Danny, Megan, and Jonathan in the car. We got your classic five. Danny, with his glasses, reminds me of your classic ducky trope of, like, the 80s, like... He's goofy, but he's cool. He's yeah, artistic. Yeah, he was, he was kind of... He was my favorite of the five. Uh, he's like the fifth wheel because the other four are paired up. Um, but he's Danny, the brother of he's Jonathan. He's like the artsy one. Yeah. Like the photographer. He's a dreamboat. <sighs> Danny's the best. Oh, you know who else is in this movie is George Kennedy. Yeah. Um, who is wonderful. Uh, What's he from? I know him. Airplane. Oh, yeah, yeah. You told me. I mean, he's in a lot of other stuff, but, like, I know him from Airplane. Um, he has a jittery horse in this movie, and he's, like, a horticulturalist, but also the ranger. Let's talk about that. He's says he's doing surgery when we first meet him, but it looks like he's just gluing different plants together. Because he was, like, putting... It was, oh like, God, a bonsai No, plant. there's got to be something weird about that. Like, there has to be something about the, you know, the incestuous nature Maybe. of the town. But he had, like, a bonsai plant, and he was... I don't... I'm... I'm. This may surprise you, but I'm not an herbolo- herbologist. An herbologist? Wobble, wobble, You're wobble. not an herbologist? <laughs> but I don't know, but the plant he was gluing to... The bonsai yeah. tree was not a bonsai tree plant. That's interesting. That has that must have something to do with some weird thing in the town. Like he like knows this... they're all like freaky incestuous, and he's trying to like figure out how to work genetics or something. We'll get more know. into it, but I feel like this movie left a lot of unanswered questions, such as that. <laughs> I mean, not really for me. Like. This is why you don't go to small towns. This is a this is a real film. This is not fiction. This is what happens in these little ass tiny towns. There's just inbreeding everywhere. There's freaky like twins running around killing you. So, as we were watching the towards the end of the movie, I read that a lot of people kept thinking he was getting the director or writer was getting inspiration from The Hills Have Eyes or uh-huh. movies like that. But he was like, no, the only thing I took inspiration from was Deliverance, which makes a lot of sense. (laughs) But you guys, I mean, like, if you really think about it, that to me is probably one of the top three most terrifying places I could be. In a little ass tiny town up in the mountains where everybody's just, like, fucking their sister. Well, we didn't even see a town. We saw twins hanging out outside of a car that was broken down, like, little girl twins. Yeah, it's like And then Ozark. they ran into this guy's house, but that's, like, the only buildings we saw besides the broken down church and the hillbillies, which we'll get to. But, excuse me. <sighs> Can we keep the crazy man? So, they're driving the RV, and one of the hunter dudes, the one that survived, is running up to the RV... And he's talking his nonsense, nonsense, and he's like... Well, yeah. Oh, wait. Yeah, they're they're driving in the RV, and they see somebody. They see something. So they pull off the side of the road, and then they just, like, go stomping through the woods. Yeah. And then they stumble upon the drunk guy. But, like, is somebody... <laughs> I love your exhale. <laughs> like, is somebody who goes camping every year, 
I mean, I am certainly not, like, the world's foremost survivalist expert by any means. What? I would die at the yurt if Jessamy wasn't there. But, like, you don't go fucking tromping through the woods. You stay on the fucking trail because you're going to get poison ivy or you're going to run into a drunk guy. And that's what <laughs> Leaves of three, let the drunk hunter if- be. If we were in that scenario, and let's say we didn't go off-road, would you leave him, or would you take the drunk guy, who's rambling about someone murdering his cousin? Okay. This is a tough call for me, because I love some true crime. <laughs> you would try to solve but it. But I hate drunk hunters in a little tiny-ass town coming Ooh. up on me in the woods. I don't know what I would do. Probably leave him. Drunk I'm sorry, if he wasn't, if he wasn't drunk... Maybe I would take him, but like he was like carrying the bottle around like the whole movie. Every time we saw him, the bottle he was still drinking. If he from seemed it. more upset about but his nephew being killed, maybe I would. Like if he seemed in legit distress, he didn't seem like legitimate distress. However, he's the reason pretty much these kids are alive because the drunk guy goes to our horse breeding. Plant lover, dude. What's his name again? George Kennedy. I mean, oh, you didn't write down his name. Uh, is it Ron? Might be Ron. Or something. Rob, Ron. Ron Howard. Big Ronnie. Big, big Ronnie. <laughs> but if he didn't go to him and say, oh, there's some kids up there. I just passed them. I'm drunk. And he was covered in water. What was he wet? We'll get into that maybe later. <laughs> the killer... Like, the guys leave the drunk guy, and they drive away, but then, like, the killer jumps onto their RV, and nobody notices. They're like, oh, what was that? He's, like, dangling in the windows, like, like, peeking his head around. Like, his legs are hanging in the windows. His head is just like, hey, guys. Hey, they set it up, though. Megan was doing her makeup in the rearview mirror. So, no one could see out the rear view mirror. Megan had the perfect vantage point because she was in between the driver's seat and the passenger seat and she angled the mirror more towards her, which gives her a perfect view of the back windows where his legs were, are, like, just there. But, she's putting on her makeup. Gotta focus. You know what? You can do more than two things at once. You can put on some fucking lipstick and see a murderer hanging out of the back of your fucking van. See? At this point, we get to a point that annoyed me. They take this RV really off-road. This beautiful RV. Mm. And, like, they're driving it up a path that clearly you will never be able to turn around in. And there's, like, no way you're gonna be able to back up. Like, they're, like, squealing tires getting up these mountain paths... Mm-hmm. That are not made for cars, let alone a giant RV. Mm-hmm. That RV is stuck there forever. Forever. Let's get into the... So, they camp, but let's get into the uh, swimming scene. Well, hold on. Oh, you got more? You got more before the swimming scene? So, yeah, when they're sitting around the campfire... Okay. So, it's... Connie, Danny, and Maggie? Yes, Megan. Megan. The other, the two guys have gone to, like, tell the ranger where they're, well, they'll be. they would look for wood, because he said he would tell the ranger in the morning. Or go get wood, whatever. And they keep hearing these noises in the wood. Woods? (laughs) Um, and it's like this big thing. 
It's just the two guys coming back trying to scare them. Connie gets, like, really pissed off and is, like, <laughs> the next morning is, like, still mad about it. And I wrote, her reaction to scary pranks is the same as mine. Anger, reflection, and betrayal. <laughs> you don't scare somebody in the fucking woods like that. Not cool. So the next morning they're exploring. Burp. And they we do, we do get a, them crossing a rope hat, rope, what is it, rope bridge? But it's just like a piece of rope with two other pieces of rope. Like, it's not, there's not even wood planks to step on. It's a literal piece of rope. So Which becomes stupid. important later, but they all... Somebody dies. But like, one of them crosses, second one crosses, and then the other three just like group up together and like... Right up each other's butts crossing this rope bridge. That is unsafe. Have you not been a Boy Scout? I haven't, but I just know it's unsafe. I mean, I have not been a Boy Scout, but I can tell you what. I'm not going across any fucking rope bridge like that in my life ever. That's fair. I'll never make you cross a rope bridge like that. <laughs> Thank you. Alright, so the next morning they find this beautiful watering hole. After Was this when they heard the girl singing? Yeah, or? this was when they heard the weird girl singing. The Her name is Mary-Kate Logan. Fairy, feral lady out in the woods. Mar no, Mary-Cat. Mary-Cat. Mary-Cat Logan. So they hear someone singing. They go to this awesome waterfall. I do want to point out at this point that for like an 80s movie, like this looked beautiful. I was going to say, the the set, like, wherever they filmed it was gorgeous. It was yeah. beautiful. And I'd have to say, for being, like, an 80s film, or even even if you were going to go late 70s, like, the cost, like, the wardrobe was not as crazy as a lot of 80s movies I've seen yeah. with, like, kids going camping. Like, it's actually, I mean, it's obviously dated a little bit, but... It's not like a stereotypical. You could like, almost 80s besides group. the music that plays, you could almost not date this movie. Almost. I no, I know it's true. It is true. I was thinking even that. Jonathan wore like the coolest, coolest shirt. The best fucking flannel I've yeah. ever seen in my life. God, you find that this winter. I honestly like when we were watching that. I was like, I want to go into graphic design just so I can design different plaids. <laughs> for flannel shirts. I think there's got to be like a cap on how many different plaid combinations you can get. I mean, I've never seen that one. It's true. I feel um, like I've seen orange, red, and yellow and black, but maybe I'm wrong. But not in that way. That it design. was almost like it was like squares of plaid, and then like the gradient of color like <laughs> went in. You guys, it was beautiful. It was a it was a shirt of beauty. Um, so, yeah, they're in, like, the watering hole, and then Megan and Jonathan, who are a couple, are, like, getting a little freaky-deaky in it, so everybody else goes away. Even, uh, Warren, like, stares at them for a while. Oh, yeah. He's a, he's a pretty, he's a, he's a voyeur. Yeah, he's kind of a freak. Perfect. Connie seems like a little prude, though, so maybe she hasn't given it up. Oh, Connie. Mm, and maybe he's like, oh, tits, sweet. So, like, so, okay. Jonathan and Maggie are fucking around in the water, doing all kinds of super sexy 80s waterfall things. And <laughs> so Jonathan pulls his prank on her, where he, like, 
holds his breath and goes underwater and freaks her out because he doesn't pop up right away. And when he does, he looks all dead, even though he's not. And then he does it again, and he goes underwater, and she's, you know, Maggie's like, Jonathan, come on now. You, and then there's a hand that starts grabbing her. And doing stuff to her underwater. And doing things to her. And she's like, Jonathan, stop it. And then she looks up and sees Jonathan, like, across the pond getting out of the water. (laughs) And that was good. Like, that was freaky as fuck. That was good. These hillbillies can hold their breath. Mm, Yeah, they can. (laughs) They really can. Um... Uh, it was uncomfortable. <laughs> this movie, I mean, honestly, it was like kind of boring. Like, I'll be honest. There's really nothing funny to say about it because it wasn't a bad film. It was just slow. It was just kind of like an 80s horror movie about kids who get murdered. So I read there was going to be a big twist, and the big twist was, oh, the killer was a twin, and they kind of set that up at the beginning. Because there's two yeah. of the same-looking weird... I thought you'd like it more when I realized that it was just, like, creepy middle-aged white dudes killing people in the forest. I mean, I guess that's, like, it's gotta be a fear of yours in some way. I mean, creepy middle-aged white dudes killing anybody in any setting is a fear of mine. There's a... The next morning after... Whatever. I don't even care. Um... (laughs) (laughs) Warren is, like, missing. Like, they're like, oh my god, we can't find Warren. Oh, we find Warren... He is catching catching salmon in a stream like a goddamn grizzly bear. With his bare fucking hands. It is so majestic. Like, who does that? Warren. (laughs) Warren does. But he he has the moment ruined by Jonathan's dead body flailing over the falls. Wah, wah. We told you that would come back. The rope bridge. Yeah, Jonathan was crossing the rope bridge um, t- to go chase Mary Cat, the feral child, or the feral child trying to make out woman. with him? I don't even know. It was a weird movie. Yeah, there's like a family, so there's like a family who lives in the woods, or like this inbred family, and that's who the murderous twins are a product of, is this family. So like, at one point, the gang of kids... Oh, no, 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 it's not the kids. It's the, I think it's uh, George Kennedy when he goes to talk to them. And the old guy comes out of the house with the gun and he goes, he goes, I told you to skidoo. And I was <laughs> <laughs> like, that is the most unthreatening, like, get off my lawn line. When I'm an old man, I want to say that to kids. <laughs> I told you to skidoo. I told you to skidoo. Skedaddle if you have to. Skedoo is what I want. So yeah, you guys, there's just like two murderous um, twins. Twins. Uh, one of the cool things is that they will wear the clothes of their last victim, which is kind of neat. I wonder if they're trying to steal their identity. No, probably not. Just yeah, like just, their outfits. You know, I just feel like maybe they're a little empty in their soul, and they're trying to fill that by being like. Oh, he seemed happy. Maybe if I wear this awesome flannel shirt, <laughs> I will too have that confidence. Maybe they'll just stop killing if they find the right outfit. The right flannel. <laughs> Aww. Let me tell you though, I mean, this movie was pretty garbage. Sorry to pick this one. I, it's but okay. I want to say the 
thing that saved it for me was the ending. Because we get Connie, who's been a whiny little bitch this whole movie, kind of. And then, like, it flips around where Warren becomes the whiny little bitch. He's, like, crying after getting barely nicked by a machete. I thought he got, like, stabbed. No, he went like that, and feathers flew up mostly from his big fluffy coat. He might have actually been injured a little, but come on. Oh, I thought he got, like, no, stabbed in the, the side. stomach. So What a pants. Well, the only reason I call him a pansy is Connie's, like, battling this fucking dude for, like, ten minutes. Just, like, he's bear-hugging her, and she's kicking and throttling. Sorry. And he's still like, if if you were being attacked by a giant, like, hillbilly redneck, I would do everything in my power to get up and help in any way possible. You're welcome. I thought, (laughs) like, the whole time that scene was going on, I was like, well, it's okay that he's laying there because he was just stabbed in the stomach with a machete. It wasn't stabbed. I mean, he was sideswiped, so it might What have... a dick! But the coolest part, this is probably, even though the movie kind of sucked, the best final girl scene I've ever seen in a movie. You guys, movie. her and the killer hooked up, and it was just beautiful. She fucking fisted his face. Yeah, I've never thought about that as a means of, like, killing someone. I would worry about him biting down, but she, like, shoved her arm so far down his throat that even if he bit, I mean, it would hurt. hurt. No, it would hurt, but you wouldn't, like, he couldn't bite off your arm. You're not gonna bite my arm off if my fist is fucking in your throat. No, like, she shoved her arm all the way down. It was, like, a cool scene where, like, she's up there in the air and her fist is down his throat. Yeah, it was good, and I'm gonna keep that in my little arsenal for when I get attacked. (laughs) Can you imagine if someone attacks you on the street and you do that and, and you kill them sh- and you're in court and they're like, you sh- you shoved your fist down his throat, like all the way down? I learned it from whatever this movie just is before called. dawn. Just before dawn. It was pretty badass. Kind of like, like before that even happened, she like came out of her tent, like she's wearing makeup and she said, "What'd she say?" Uh oh, she goes, "He the ah uh, damn it." Warren's like, what are you doing wearing makeup? Like, what if we run into those creeps again? Or any more creeps? And she's like, some of them are kind of cute. And then she sticks her arm down one of their throats. <laughs> okay, I want to talk about that scene for a minute Yeah, here. do it. Rock it. So, you get... So all your friends are dead. Yeah, yeah, that was weird. You have been nearly murdered. The guy who was going to kill you was shot in the f- head... Right before he murdered you, and, and he landed fell on, you. on your body, and then you're gonna sleep for a couple hours and throw on some makeup. I, sorry, if that happened to me, I mean I don't wear makeup, anyways. <laughs> Can you imagine if I had gone through like a traumatic event that needing to put on some makeup is priority one? You know what my first priority would be? Getting, the, Getting fuck out of there. the fuck out of there. You have a fucking RV. Get in your RV. And back up the whole trail because you could not turn around. Fine. No, Get no, in no, your I, fucking I, RV and don't be surrounded by woods where you're vulnerable. It's just so stupid. And let's like, earlier in the movie I was complimenting her on her acting 
After they find one dead body, she looks destroyed. She actually looks like someone that, like, found their friend dead. She's, like, huddled up. She's depressed. She doesn't want to do anything. She can't function. And then at this scene, after all this trauma has happened, she's like, I'm gung-ho. I'm ready. Uh-huh. I mean, yeah. I still think that final scene saved the movie a little, because it was pretty boring. I mean, it's just boring. Like, it was just kind of boring. The acting wasn't awful, but it wasn't great. But I do have to say, like, for an 80s film, I feel that the acting was pretty good. I mean, it was pretty good. It wasn't cheesy and over the top and whatever. <laughs> whatever. I'll let you pick next week's movie. However, for October, I have a plan for, like, every week. Mm-hmm. So... That's okay. going to be very exciting. All right. <laughs> Did you want to talk about being a teenager in the 80s? Oh, yeah. I don't remember. I mean, it would just be really cool. <laughs> I don't oh, know. Oh, you, like, told me to, like, prepare. <sighs> How do I word this? I mean, what would you be like in the 80s? But you would pretty much just be you, but... I can tell you that I've always thought that being a teenager in the 80s would be the fucking worst. That is the one decade I don't think I would want to be a teenager in. I feel like early 80s, when 70s are just getting over, well, Mm -hmm. music-wise, why do you say that? Uh, Because 80s music pretty much blows. 80s fashion blows. 80s TV for teens blew. Alright, that's fair. Sorry. What about an adult as the 80s, in the 80s? No. Alright, we're sticking with I that. am thrilled to have been a baby of the 80s, like... Yeah, that's true, because 90s were fucking sweet. I mean, now it sucks, because now we're in 2017, and I'm 35, and like, it's a fucking shit show everywhere. But, like, at least... Fashion has gotten to the point where, like, I can just wear whatever the fuck I want. Which no is matter what decade it's from, it's fashionable all the time. <laughs> Living that PJ life, yeah. I don't know. Sorry, I feel like th- I just I was not really super th- into this movie. Like, I wasn't out of it, but I wasn't into it. It was just a movie we watched. <laughs> It's one of those movies we watched and did a podcast on. Like, <laughs> I'll put a disclaimer that you don't need to watch this movie before listening to this one. Because <laughs> it's not that great. I honestly feel like this might be one of those episodes that we should just keep on the back burner. And I don't think so. I think we had some good times. Well, thank it's you for listening funny. to another episode of Bourbon and Blood. And... Uh, bye. Stay creepy. Yeah, stay creepy. Stay fucking weird, you weirdos. (laughs) Bye.